we're just going to continue on with our uh, talk that we were, or our conversation that we got into last week. Peter and Annette will be joining me again today as we continue our uh, Pentecost uh, theme with a focus around speaking or praying in uh, tongues, sometimes referred to as praying in the spirit, heavenly prayer language. And, um, oh, by the way, just to remind you too, there's a potluck at 12.30, potluck at 12, I interrupt that to say there is a potluck at 12.30, and I hope you got that message, and um, can zip home after the service, bring, bring your food back, and we're going to be just having a time of just with Grace and Kyle, just to celebrate a bit of a meal, a shared lunch together, so I really want you to be a part uh, of that if you uh, can, but, you know, we've We've been talking about that last week, speaking or praying in tongues, sometimes referred to as praying in the Spirit, heavenly prayer language. And I, I want to thank you for all the... I got so many people are saying thank you. That was so helpful. That was so useful uh, uh, over the course of the week, multiple people. Um, so, so again, I'm glad we're continuing this uh, today. But uh, let me say before we move on, if you're looking to do a deep dive on the topic of... Uh, tongues, I would highly recommend this book, The Language of Heaven. There should be a photo uh, there, but The Language of Heaven, uh, Crucial Questions About Speaking in Tongues. It's by a guy named Sam uh, Storm. So this book is one of the best exegetes, I think so, um, on this topic. And if, especially if you're looking to uh, dig deep, ex exegesis basically is just the critical explanation or interpretation of a text of uh, scripture. And so if you have a what about question in regards to uh, the topic of tongues, I think it would probably uh, be covered in this book. So Sam Storms is a pastor, professor, theologian who has a deep passion and love for God's word and for things of the spirit. You know, one of, we talked about cessationists and continuous last week. One of the cessationist arguments, those who would feel that the, the, the time of the spirit, gifts of the spirit has all ceased with the apostles. One of their arguments to the continuous uh, of which we would be is that uh, the continuous go too much by their experience. Of course, our, uh, our argument back to them is go, they go too much by their lack of experience, right? So, and, and if you don't believe that, if you're, if you're saying it all ceased, then you're not going to experience uh, it. And so I think Sam uh, Storms, as a, uh, with theological know-how and intellectual uh, prowess, I, I think brilliantly uh, uh, divides the scriptures around the topic of uh, tongues uh, while sensitively handling the cessationist um, uh, objections using scripture, not just experience. So I can't recommend this book enough. So last week, the encouragement, if I was to sum it up, was if you speak in tongues, can pray and sing in the spirit, do so. Do so. Make use of the spiritual gift, this divine prayer language. Make use of it. Make use of it in your daily devotions as you go about your day. Use the gift. Why? Because it's a way you can speak to God. Yes. It edifies you. First Corinthians 14 verses 2 through 4, and I'm going fast because I want to get to my questions. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And the word edifies actually in the Greek means a house builder. It's like it's the word that's used. In fact, you were saying in Spain too, the, the word for buildings where, where in and Helen are is the word edifice. Uh, 
And so, so it, it builds you up, it strengthens you, it, it emboldens you as you do that. That's why I'm saying don't just do it uh, uh, at an altar, just wherever you're going in your daily life. And Anita did it this week, we're driving to Tara and ambulance is going the other way. The next minute, you know, she's praying for, for whoever's in that ambulance. We can, we can do this. So I want to encourage you. That's the encouragement from last Last week, and sometimes we, we don't know what to pray. Romans eight twenty six. we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes. We understand, of course, that all praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit, but not all praying in the Spirit is praying in tongues, but tongues certainly helps fill the gap. Paul tells us, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, pray without Ceasing, Paul at the end of his uh, Ephesian discourse on our struggle, on our battle, where he tells us to put on the armor of God. He wraps up that whole section where he's talking about the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. He wraps up that whole uh, uh, discourse by saying this in Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, not just when you're at church, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It was part of daily life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So we do what God, again, why should we do it? Because we do what God likes. He likes this. And so encouraging, uh, I just want to encourage us, make this exercise, if you speak in tongues, if, 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 you, if you have that language, make the exercise of this grift as natural as breathing. The Greek word is actually pneuma, it means breath. So make it a part of your daily devotion and prayer meetings. Just make it a part, there's a prayer meeting tomorrow, if you have that, just make it a part of the, of, of the meeting. So today let's tackle the elephant in the room, as I said, we were going to uh, do, because it's, it's definitely hiding in here, and we can take that uh, if we could. The elephant is definitely hiding in here somewhere, and there will be people who are here today who are maybe watching, or maybe those uh, online who have been to the altar. You've asked God for the gift, some not just once, but many times, and nothing happened, and that can be frustrating, and it's left you perhaps feeling hurt, discouraged, uh, uh, disillusioned, left out, cautious, confused, uh, perhaps even doubting, uh, and perhaps asking questions like, why, why me, Lord? Why, why not me? Is there something wrong with me? A am I not good enough? Am, am, am I not spiritual enough? Do I not have enough uh, faith? And, and it's left them perhaps feeling like a second-class Christian. Oh, the, well, I don't do that, so I'm a, am I a second-class Christian? That elephant is in the room, I'm telling you. I've, I've asked, but nothing has happened. Some people more than once. So Peter and Annette, first question, what would you say? And we've explained why we have Peter and Annette, uh, because they're very nice people, and we thought they would, we would have that. But no, they've got a wealth of ministry experience and a passion, and you can see, if you missed last week, you can see uh, who they are as people. But... Peter and Annette, what would you say to those who have experienced that, who are, who, who are, you know, they've asked, they've been to the altar, they've come five times. I mean, uh, every time someone says it, they've come, but th they are now perhaps left disappointed, even disillusioned, uh, and, 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 and confused about this. Okay. 
one of the first things I would say is that um, we don't, we're not coming to God asking for tongues. And I think that's the, the mistake that uh, many of us make because the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere, come to the Lord for tongues, ask God for tongues. It does not say that. What the invitation is that we come to the Lord to ask Jesus, who's the baptizer, to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, in that way, by Jesus, by faith, the language comes after that, the, the, what we call the evidence. But I said to Pastor Adam earlier, um, I really... Well, like we've had... <laughs> a couple of hours of talk. We're not just sitting up here going, "Well, I wonder what they're going to say." I mean, I, I don't well, know the answers, but we we've discussed uh, back and forth on uh, things. Uh, you know, this troubles me, and this this uh, what, what, uh, talk about because yeah. it's it's such a deep subject. But but I, I I said to Pastor Adam before, the more I've thought about this, the more I've I've begun to realise that perhaps we, um, those of us that have prayed with people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I think we have put too much emphasis on yes. trying to get people to speak in tongues because the Bible doesn't say that. Like, as I've just said, the Bible says, God says that he wants us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we, we are in, in, our, in our endeavors to try to help people, some of us are, are guilty of this. We have tried to push them and put them under pressure. So come forth the altar call. They don't speak in tongues. They go away, as Pastor Adam has said, and they feel disappointed or they're not good enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But or they fake it. It's the yeah, like, jo, like, like Joe, Hubba Bubba, it, or you know, should have bought a Honda but wrong, I bought a Kia. It's the wrong motive. <laughs> <laughs> what what are we coming for? What are we asking God for? We we should be asking Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And the reason I say Jesus is because John the Baptist identified Jesus as the one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit. If you read the, the Gospel of John, the first chapter, you will see that John the Baptist clearly identifies him and says he is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say he is the one who will give you the language and you can speak in tongues because that comes after the baptism. So evidence, because we, we talked about that, because uh, I, 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 I agreed with uh, uh, Annette on that, because it, sometimes when we say, use the word evidence, it's like, well, where's the evidence, you know? And, and I, I, think it's, I, I think it's a word, maybe in, um, I love the assemblies of God, but it's come, come through that, that kind of, uh, I guess, their statements of how, but I don't know if evidence is the best word. We talked about the manifestation uh, um, of the spirit and tongues is not all there is right I mean and that's what it almost comes down to it, it it's like tongues is the thing and it, it, I, you can understand where people feel like if I didn't speak in tongues then I I mustn't have the Holy Spirit because that's the evidence and I I think that's that's wrong would you uh, Tong yeah. tongues is not what really what we're looking for yeah the, the, we, we don't have an invitation to come forward and speak in tongues that's not what we're looking for. So if, if that takes the pressure off some people, I, I hope it does, because that's not what we're looking for. I, I have a whole lot more to say, but I'll... <laughs>
Well, a follow-up question then, a follow-up question is, are all then meant to speak in tongues? I think that's a fair question to ask Paul in his letter to Corinthians, and obviously we know the wider context, he's speaking into the, to, to the services um, uh, there, but in a general sense, are all meant to speak in tongues? First Corinthians, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues? Like, these are questions. Do, do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And, of course, he carries on in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. So, so are all meant to speak in tongues? Is that... Are we, uh, please answer that. I will. I will. <laughs> I will. But before I say that, I want to say this. To those who have... Uh, responded to an altar call and who have sought to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and have not received the gift as such I would my response to that would be always to give that person assurance of their salvation that is critical because people I know have been prayed for they've gone away thinking that they do not have a relationship with the Lord because they did not speak in tongues and that is wrong that's error and the Word of God is very clear in that it tells us, uh, particularly in John's epistles, not the gospel, about if we, when we believe in God and we, we have confessed Jesus is Lord, we have God living in us. We have a relationship with him. And that's so important to, to have that assurance. There's no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're all first-class going to heaven mm. if we've confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior and we've received him into our lives then we're children of God and we're heaven bound that's numero uno no matter what language you put it in it's number one but then to those who have not received I would again say ask again because the when we get to that scripture maybe we will do today pastor mm. uh, Luke chapter 11 before we get to the critical verse in 13 it says, ask, and what will happen? Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door be opened. And the interesting thing about those three couplets, they're all in the continuous present tense in the Greek language. So we can keep asking, and keep asking, and keep asking. Yeah. And we will receive the manifestation if we keep asking. So that was the introduction to that. Because so that's the th thing I think sometimes people do ask and then nothing happens, so you stop. And you just go, well, that's it. We don't continue to go, this is for me. This is, God, this, this gift is for, uh, 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 this, this gift of the Holy Spirit is, is for, for me. I, 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 I'm going to keep asking, right? People, people just look at a meeting and maybe they came up to the altar and go, oh, well, nothing happened. And so... We, we just can't be real. And then for those who get disillusioned, well, it can't be real, it can't be that. But we're not, uh, we're not continuing to, to, to knock, no. to ask, to seek. Quite yeah. so. Mm -hmm. But your, that wasn't your question. I know. But but, you, but you said, Wade. Yeah. You yeah. went off at a tangent. It was a tangent. Okay. We'll get back to the circle. A tongue's for everyone. Yeah. Uh, can all... Yeah, uh, no, all I got the question. Okay, we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we have to go to this understanding of the New Testament. 
The historian, um, Luke, St. Luke, if you like, wrote his gospel to trace the missionary journeys of, of Peter and Paul, basically. And that's what we get in the book of Acts. But when he traces the movement of the church, he talks about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And in three places at least we know um, tongues was given at the time people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we can accept that. But the, Luke doesn't give any teaching on what it is to speak in tongues. We have to go to the Apostle Paul who is writing to the church in Corinth. And there they had problems with tongues. Mm. Because everybody was babbling away. No one was understanding. There was confusion. And Paul responds to a letter that he received and a report from somebody called Chloe. And he writes this letter, which we call 1 Corinthians. And there he develops a teaching, an instruction on what it is to speak in tongues. But he's talking about two aspects. And we can draw from that letter to the Corinthians the private devotional tongues that we receive when we are baptized and the public side of tongues that is operated as one of the gifts in the church. So the question is, should all speak in tongues? Are we all meant to speak in tongues? We have to answer in the context of that. Annette wants to say something. Okay. Um, I just think it's important that we understand what the word baptizo in the Greek means. Mm. And the English word is baptism. And if, if we can understand what that actually means, I think that helps, that would help us. You know, uh, we baptize people in water in the Pentecostal church, in the Baptist church as well, certain, certain churches. Not all churches do that. Some sprinkle, some do it other ways. But we baptize in water. We completely immerse the person. So one believer can baptize another believer, completely immersing them in the water. That's why we do it. Because baptize means to, to submerge, to completely immerse, to overwhelm. So that's why it can't be a sprinkling. So um, Paul writes to the Corinthians, and it's in chapter 12. Don't know what the verse is. But uh, he explains that when we receive Christ into our lives and we are, we are born again and we become Christians, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Now, if we can try and think of being baptized in water and try and picture how the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, he completely submerges us. He overwhelms us. He, he, um, he, he immerses us into the body of Christ. So, so we are in the church. We are in the body of Christ because yeah. the Holy Spirit does that. So that's another baptism. When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, who is the baptizer, completely submerges the believer mm. into the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that's hard to understand because we're speaking about the things of God, and we are human, and it, we cannot explain it down to the last detail because how can we do that but we can understand as best we can from the word that jesus will baptize us he will completely submerge us he will immerse he will Im immerse us he will overwhelm us with the holy spirit so when we come 
forward to ask Jesus to baptize us. That's what we're asking him for. It, it's, a, it's a complete overflowing of the Holy Spirit. And with that comes the language which God gives us, sometimes straight away, sometimes later. But it's part of like you get wet when you get in the water. When you're baptized in the water, you get wet. It just happens. It comes with that baptism. It's not the focus. And that, that's where no. I think people... But I think as Pentecostals, we've probably... Put the focus put, on we're, tongues. We're guilty of that, right? Yes. So, I, so I think it's important to understand and own that and go, that's been a lot of the focus in Pentecostal church. Because... Like you say, that, that's like the fact that water makes you wet. You're not... You're not going into the water to try and get wet. Yeah. You, you're going into the water because that's... You're identifying uh, before the witnesses as to what you've confessed, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The old self goes down, the new self comes up. Getting but, wet is just the but byproduct. You get, you, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you're baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit, what happens is you get a language that comes up because it's a communication with God, spirit to spirit. We could say a whole lot more about what tongues is, but we're trying to explain why it doesn't happen with everyone. So, so, so just a follow-up question. There, there are those that, uh, that would uh, say or teach that you have all, uh, um, you know, and this possibly from the cessationist-type background as well. This is a, a big thing. There are those that say and teach that you have all you need a conversion and that if, you, if God wanted you to speak in tongues, you would be doing that and that they, they say, you know, there is no secondary experience. There's no, um, you know, because we, we talk of this, this secondary experience that, 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 that there, no, no, you, you have all that you need at, at conversion. What, what would you say to, to that? We have to again look at the relationship between the big word regeneration. That is when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and we are born again. And that, that is the first step, in a way. Yeah. Annette explained last time that they were almost, her baptism with the Holy Spirit and her giving her life to the Lord was so close that they, they were almost inseparable. But we understand that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience. I don't like to use the word pastor, uh, that use the word uh, uh, secondary, yeah. because it implies something inferior. Right. I'd rather use the word subsequent too. Mm -hmm. So um, when we're born again and we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, new life is given. Yep. And uh, again, this happened when uh, Jesus was resurrected, when he raised from the dead. And he met with his disciples and he breathed on them. And he imparted to them the Holy Spirit. I personally believe that is when the church was born not on the day of Pentecost, but that's a theological discussion, perhaps not for today. So they were already uh, born again into the kingdom of God because Jesus has said, receive the Holy Spirit. So when we give our lives to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us and we become temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, but he told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem yeah. until you receive the promise of the Father. What was that promise of the Father? The promise of the Father was the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit. So then when we move after his ascension, because he had to ascend to the Father to give the Holy Spirit in the fullness, which happened on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, we've discussed it before, they were all in one place, all in one accord, and clothed and tongue appeared and sat on each of them, and they all began to speak in mm. other tongues. Mm. So there's a separate experience of being born again and receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So to answer your question, at conversion, do we receive all there is? The answer is no, we do not. Because Jesus said, wait, there's more to come. And that empowering with the Holy Spirit includes, in some ways, the ability to speak in tongues. But that power enables us to be greater witnesses, have more, greater love for God, to be bolder in the faith. And that's what happened to the apostles. They knew that they'd been with the Lord and they were bold. They entered boldly into their places and challenged all because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think there's, obviously there's multiple, several uh, scriptures even from Paul, him, you know, eagerly desire, seek, and, and uh, where he's, uh, which we probably don't have all the time to get into, um, today where where he speaks of a subsequent uh why would he say seek for that or eagerly desire uh, uh the gifts uh if there wasn't more to be uh, uh had turn to the person next to you and say there's more there's more there's more there, there, there's, there's more and then i just want to just quickly say something about you said that some people say if god wanted us to speak in tongues then surely we would all be speaking in tongues um it's up to each individual to ask. It's up to each individual to decide if they want something like that. Um, we have to first of all know what the Word of God says. I'm such a such a strong believer in knowing what the Word says, not what somebody else says, not what some other church says, not what we've heard, not what we've read, and don't whatever you do go to Google because that is just a disaster. We need to know what the word says. So it's up to each individual. And I thought of this. The question, does God want us all to speak in tongues? Well, there's a scripture in Second Timothy chapter 2, which says that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We have to then ask, why are not all men saved? If God desires that all men be saved. The reason is because each of us has to make our own decision as to whether we are going to accept that salvation, whether we are going to ask Jesus into our lives. Although God desires all men to be saved, clearly. And God and Jesus uh, died for everyone, for God so loved the whole world, that whosoever. So that when we speak about tongues, we believe that God desires that all men be saved. Uh, filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues because mm. the, the three examples that Peter said in the book of Acts give us that, that witness. There are three examples. When people received the baptism, they spoke in tongues. But it's up to each individual to decide, do I want to ask God for this? Does the Word tell me? Am I reassured by what I read in the Word of God yep. to ask 
Jesus and to I think that's the me. desire, isn't it, too? That, yes. That's where it's eagerly desiring. It's going, God, this is for me. I, I'm hungry for it. Uh, okay, maybe it, I was in an altar and I prayed, and, but, but I, and nothing happened, but I, I, but I know this is for me. Your word says so. Therefore, I'm, gonna desire, I'm not going to shut myself off. I'm not going to close the tap. I'm not going to shut it down. I'm going to hunger and I'm going to thirst for it because I know it will embolden me. It will build me. It will strengthen uh, me in my, my life. There are others who, 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 who may feel that, that if they open themselves up to this, that they might open themselves up to the demonic. What would you say to that? Because that, that, that person's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, if I, I, you know, if I open up and, and say, okay, God, give this gift that somehow a demon might get me or uh, that, what would you say to those? I would person? say, <laughs> my turn. Yeah. Switch her off. Go <laughs> on. I would say. Hurry <laughs> Yeah, she's like, hurry up, Pete. Hurry In up. Luke's gospel, Jesus gives a wonderful teaching that resolves that. This is powerful. Luke chapter 11. And he speaks about the earthly father and the, the son. And the son comes to his father and he says, give me, give, give me some bread. Would the father give him a stone? No. He says, well, give me a fish. Would you give him a serpent? No. Give me an egg. Would you give him a scorpion? No. And Jesus said, you who are earthly know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So if we ask the Lord to, be, to baptize us with the Holy Spirit, we ain't going to get anything else. Yeah. And that probably answers yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so, and again, Paul nowhere in the Corinthian passage or whatever is saying, hey, listen, be very afraid of tongues. It could, I mean, there's an encouragement to it. There's no nervousness to it. There's no, uh, like, be very cautious of this because you might open yourself up. Uh, no, again, eagerly desire. These are good. The, the gifts are given for the common common good. It's, it's, it, these are blessings. And, you know, if you ask, you know, I, I think it's in Luke, we've got it. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a steak instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So ask, ask. And, and, and again, if, and, and keep on asking. Keep on, keep on asking. We are, um, we're asking for the Holy Spirit, though. There, you see, we're not yeah. asking for tongues. Exa exactly. Yeah, tongues is the is an, uh, a manifestation, if you uh, like, out of that. One more uh, um, question uh, before we uh, sort of wrap it up. So, so to the person who says, "I want to speak in tongues," I, I, I eagerly desire uh, to. I've prayed for it. others. Have prayed for me, but it's yet to happen. Again, what should be our posture? What, what should be our practice? What should be my heart? And I guess we've kind of answered it already. It's just really the... It would be the desire of your heart. Do you yeah. really desire this? Yeah. Uh, am, am I... Am Not I just tongues, but it's just the whole, the whole, whole shebang. Right? Do, do we want everything that God has for us? Yeah. Do we want the fullness of everything that is promised to us in the Word? I think that that's it. If we don't want it, we're not going to be any less of a Christian or any less of a believer. We're not going to be any less important. But I tell you what, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I speak in tongues, and I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful because it's given me so much 
so much power, so much in my life that if you, it's your choice. You want to say, I don't want it, or yes, I want it. And why wouldn't you want it? Exactly. Like, like if it's there, why wouldn't you want it? Why, 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 would, you, why would you not? Why, if it's available, why would you not want it? I think, I think probably to bring this to a close before you, you finalize it, Pastor, is when we, when we go seeking the Lord for the baptism, we receive many, many things when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Tongues is one of them. We may not immediately receive the ability to speak in tongues, but we are all enabled to speak in tongues. And the manifestation of that can come later. So to those who have asked and not received, the manifestation can and will come later. So don't be disappointed. Don't leave thinking, I never got it. I should have got it. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You are first class citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> I've got the mic, so I'm just going to say two more words. <laughs> I just want to say that you don't have to come forward at an altar call either. You know, you can ask God. We can all communicate with God in our own prayer closet. We can, you can, at, in your home, in your, in your room, you can ask God. You can say, Lord, I believe, Jesus, that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and I need you to baptize me. I need you to overwhelm me, to completely submerge me, Lord, in the Holy Spirit. You can do it at home, and many people have. In fact, some in, the, in, in this church that, that have spoken to me, that has happened for them not coming forward at yep. an altar call. So I just want to. And again, it's just when it let it well, let it flow. And you know, sometimes the language doesn't make sense. It's just buying. Okay, I, I realize I'm not praying with my mind. I'm praying, it's my spirit, and, and I just allow it to to you know. And it will sound funny. And so don't shut it down because it sounds. Fun. Just let uh, let it flow. Let it flow. So tap, tap your neighbor and say the preacher's talking to you. I think you need to uh, uh, do that. And so hey, thank you so much. Can we put our hands together for? Peter and Annette, that was good, great, great conversation, and, and you can hit it, yeah, okay, so, but hey, um, no, no, great, just to remind you again about the offering for Kyle and Grace, if you uh, uh, feel so led, uh, no pressure or compulsion at all, uh, God loves a cheerful giver, if you'd like to do that, please uh, grab an envelope, go to the, the guest services and uh, so into that, and remember that we've got the potluck at 12.30. Love to see you here. Shared, uh, shared meal. Uh, I whipped up a biryani yesterday that is absolutely dish. I had a whole team of people working on it. Uh, I just was the oversight. Um, but I, I know you're going to enjoy that. So we'll see you back here. Would you stand and let me pronounce a blessing over you? Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, May He equip you, fill you with the Holy Ghost afresh, with every good thing to do His will. And may He accomplish in us, in you, what is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom all glory be given forever and ever. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said... 
Amen. If you need prayer for anything, there's a prayer station over here. Otherwise, the service is over. Can we give Jesus a clap offering right now? Thank you. God bless.